When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. So thrilled to be here with you live this morning. It is Wednesday. It is the 16th, I think. Is it the 16th? I don't, it's the 16th. Okay. Uh, and uh, we're of 2022. We're thrilled to be here. And we've got two amazing guests who are going to be joining us before this hour is done. We're going to be hearing from Leo Bird, who is an, uh, an accomplished comedian and artist. And Maya is going to be back with us, Sundermeyer from Hello World with Maya. Um, and I always worry that I'm saying your name wrong, Maya. Uh, but I see that you're already here with us, and we look forward to having you be on. And I know you said you've got some really exciting things to talk about today, so I'm excited to talk about them as well. But we're excited to talk with all of you at home, too, this conversation. We want it to go multiple different directions. So if you're watching at home and you're watching live, you can interact with us. So in just a second here, Traven's going to show you some of the different places that you can watch us. We're live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. We hope that you'll, if you're watching live, that you'll interact or at least write in and say hello and maybe where you're watching from, not your street address, but what city you're watching from. We enjoy that. We want to remind you that the show is available in podcasts pretty much everywhere that you get your podcasts and can download them for free, you will be able to find it. But Traven just reminded us on the screen that we really love it when you guys subscribe to us on YouTube. We are building, our, because what we were doing before is we were podcasting in picture and in sound everywhere. And uh, it, that was working to a certain degree, but some of you were saying it was difficult because when you would go to download from iTunes, you would have to choose between video and and sound only, and you, maybe you just wanted the sound, and it was giving the video, and it was taking up some bandwidth. So uh, we now only podcast the audio, but if you want to watch the video, that is on YouTube. It's free on YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel, which is simply YouTube dot com slash autism live and you'll be able to find us hi cindy k from mesa arizona thrilled that you're here with us today watching so that's how you guys do it you write in and now you can ask questions you can uh, ask questions of me or of our guests that are going to be on the show today uh or to the group to the to the whole group so we look forward to hearing from you guys but we do love it when you guys subscribe on youtube um we are building more ways to communicate with you guys and some pretty fabulous things. I also want to tell you if you go to uh, our homepage, which you can access either by going to autism-live.com or you can access us by going to autismnetwork.com. And once you're there, you can click on any of the podcasts that we're doing right now, including Autism Live. But when you get to the Autism Live site, there is an opportunity for you to subscribe to our newsletter there. 
And let me just tell you guys, I've got some really exciting, we haven't been doing newsletters, but we are going to be sending out newsletters um, in November and December. And we think that there's going to be some pretty exciting, possibly even coupons for toys because you know the festival of toys is starting next week so we uh we want to encourage you if you haven't already to uh subscribe on youtube and subscribe to our newsletter which you can find at autism-live.com or if you go to autism network basically at like six seconds after you're there a thing will pop up saying would you like to subscribe and if you just fill that out then you will be on that mailing list to get the coupons which we love uh, oh, Parker, I'm so sorry. Parker says, well, we just got the news that my uncle had a major stroke. I'm not taking it well. He's one of my favorite people. This question is not just for me, but for everyone on the spectrum whose favorite people are having similar issues. This is one of the hardest things there is, Parker, and I have to be honest with you that it's hard for everyone, even for people who are not on the spectrum, that this this whole idea that Everything that is right now has the potential to change at any moment. It's a very, it's one of life's great mysteries and being able to handle that with grace is one of life's great journeys. Everyone has a hard time with that. I have a hard time with that. That someone that you love dearly can have something happen to them in the next minute that's either hard or devastating. Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And I can only tell you that People have different ways of dealing with it. Um, and and one of the things that I like to say to myself is, you know, that I everything that I'm given, I can handle. I'm allowed to have the emotions that I have, right? and and to freely express them. So I start with the emotion and and saying, it's okay to feel what I'm feeling right now and and to define it and say, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling loss. I'm feeling uh, grief that is overwhelming and I feel out of control. I have no control over this. And that's an important thing to acknowledge because there's not a lot you can do. If your uncle has had a stroke, there's a not, you know, you, even the doctors will get to a point where they're like, here's what we're going to do and then we're going to wait and see if that works, right? So in those moments when you identify that there, it's not something that you can fix, then it becomes a thing of what what platform do you like to be in to express that on? And I know that you've written in before, Parker, that you are a person of faith. And for a lot of people, that is a great comfort, that you turn to your faith in those moments and say, this is bigger than I can address. And so I'm going to lovingly place this matter or this person or this thing in the hands of whatever you believe in and say, I, I trust that I'm going to be okay and they're going to be okay. And what I personally pray is, show me what I can do. How can I be of service in this moment of need? Because I can't just sit with my feelings. I'm not good at that. If something is going on, if there's a tragedy or someone is injured and I don't have the expertise to deal with it, I turn that part over to, you know, the higher power of my understanding. And, and then I say, but what can I do? What can I do? And then I try to do that. That sometimes that means going and getting a box of Kleenex for the person who's crying. And sometimes that means baking food for them so that they have something to eat. Sometimes it means writing a card. Sometimes it means running an errand for them, picking up their children, whatever. But that is, I find that in service, I find something to do. 
And when I am in action, and, and hopefully in action that is helping to support what's happening, then the feelings are still there, but they're more manageable for me. So that's what I do personally, Parker, but I'd love it if everybody else who's watching, write in and tell Parker what you do when someone you love is, is having a medical issue and it feels overwhelming and you feel like you can't hang, that it's too much for you. What do you guys do? And uh, people are writing in their condolences. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, and Maya, who's going to be joining us, says that she can relate that her aunt had uh, two major strokes nearly four years ago and, and ultimately died a few weeks later, which is not everybody's story with strokes, but sometimes that is a possibility. Um, Parker says, I had stuff to do with my mom yesterday, so that is why I asked today, and I will be on a work trip tomorrow, so this was my only chance. I'm glad that you're here with us. Uh, I live over 500 miles away and can't be there to see him. That's why I'm not taking it well. But you know, sometimes um, they will allow you. I don't know if he's in intensive care, Parker, but sometimes they will allow you to call and they'll hold up a phone. He may not be able to speak to you, but you can speak to him and you can tell him how much you love him and how much you care about him and how much you're praying for him. And they've proven that that's, that uh, even if people are unconscious, that there is a part of their brain that still can hear maybe tones or whatever, um, that, and it's very soothing and it's good for them. So I would ask if that's a possibility. It may not be a possibility. Sometimes it helps to write them a letter and, um, you know, it might be that you get to give the letter to him at some point or to read it to him on the phone in a couple of days if he does well and is feeling better. Um, but it will help you to express your feelings, what you would say if you were there, right? Um, but everybody who's watching, please, if you have a minute, write into Parker and tell him what you do when those kinds of things are happening. Because I think it's important that we share that with each other, right? Uh, I also want to let you guys know, uh, since uh, we stopped for a second for that, and we have a minute before our first guest if anybody has other questions, um, but I also want to let you know, I usually like to say before we get too far into the show that while we have many different experts, and we have two amazing experts in their field today, uh, I'm not an expert in autism. I'm not an expert in grief either, Parker. I have to be honest about that that I'm, I'm on this path with everybody else. But sometimes we can hold hands and we can help each other, right? Or sometimes somebody is aware, whether it's me or one of you that's aware of a resource. Um, I will also say that one of the things we discovered when Nancy Allspa Jackson's husband died and, and we were all going through that with Nancy and with Wyatt, that there are many grief resources out there that also uh, work with autism. So... Um, you know, right now you're feeling the grief of that he's not feeling well, and hopefully he's going to feel better, Parker. But there are other options that are available too. Stacy, hello. I am well. How are you? Um, thrilled that you guys are all here with us today. And we've got a couple of minutes. We decided not to do jargon today because we weren't live yesterday. I want to make sure. So we're, we have a, a couple of minutes before our first guest if anybody has questions. I want to make sure that I go through the schedule a little bit because things are about to get wonky with holidays, right? So uh, we're doing the, sh the live show today, and then tomorrow is Let's Talk Movies with Moira and Shannon, and we're doing we're reviewing five different movies together plus our favorite Christmas movies. So you'll want to tune in for that. You know I love me some Christmas movies. Uh, 
I really, really do. And But you might be surprised what my favorite Christmas movie is. Oh, it's a tear jerker, you guys. Uh, but, it, and it's an underrated movie too. It's filled with stars and it's, I don't, I don't ever hear people saying it's their favorite Christmas movie, but it's mine. If you want to know what it is, you got to tune in tomorrow. Then on, uh, Friday we think, I don't know, I don't know at this point whether we're going to have a new stories from the spectrum or whether it's going to debut next week. Uh, but we have one in the works. So let's say that. Then on Monday we start the festival of toys in earnest festival of toys, Hopefully the toy guide will be live by then and we're going to start reviewing some toys here. And if you could see the studio, I don't know if you could see last week when we did, um, we did the segment, let's talk all the things with Rachel Bird. And we were showing you guys how to make the vegetable trays that we were doing that she was talking us through, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, cause hers looked so good and mine looked, you know, kind of wrong, but you know, it still was going to taste good. So that's, that's the thing, right? But we were doing a different thing than we've ever done before where we were doing a handheld shot over the platters so that you could see them. And, uh, and I got some of our, uh, Michigas that's in the side here in the shot so that you could see some of the toys that are stacked. It looks like Santa Claus exploded in the studio and it's only going to get more so over the coming days. But Uh, It's exciting to me because if you know me, you know I love toys and I love play as a way to teach because people have this mistaken notion that if somebody doesn't know how to do something, then um, that it's their fault, first of all, and that, you know, I I don't know, that they need to be taught how to do something, right? Right. Uh, and I just don't agree with that at all. As a former teacher and as a mom of a, I identify as a pony, a parent of a neurodiverse individual, I believe that learning can be fun and should be fun. In fact, if it's not fun, you're going to have a harder time learning than if it's fun. I, you know, when you think about what are you good at, what do you do and why do you do it and, and how did you get good at it? And it's because there was some part of it that was fun for you. We've got an interview coming up. I, I think it's either going to be next Monday or when. I think it's going to be next Wednesday. But we uh, we had an opportunity to interview uh, a race car driver who is just, he broke world records this year already, uh, Justin Riley. No, Austin Riley, excuse me. And um, Austin Riley, you can look him up, uh, driving with, Racing with Autism. I'm so discombobulated today. Racingwithautism.com is his website. Anyway, uh, he was talking about how he started to learn how to drive race cars and why it was exciting for him. And it just reminded me about the fact that we all have something that sort of clicks with us. That we go, oh, I like that. And it's different for all people. I love fireworks. I love, 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 love going to fireworks. It's just a really exciting thing for me. I'm somebody who gets sensory overload. And yet fireworks are enough away from me that it's not sensory overload for me. And I just, just love it. Now, it's possible that if when I was a child, if somebody had said to me, oh, this is how we make fireworks and this is how we put this chemical and this chemical together and it makes this, that my brain that was so interested in fireworks would have started asking questions like, well, what happens if you put this chemical and this chemical together? And I don't know, maybe I would have become a firework engineer or maybe I would have been a chemist. Like maybe I would have actually been interested in science. That's not how science was explained to me. Um, So I didn't become a scientist. You know what I mean? 
So I, I think that when we have kids who are interested in something, and I'm not saying my parents did, I mean, you know, it was the 60s. How were they, you weren't, you couldn't just pull up to a firework factory in the 60s. You can't do that now, let's be honest, right? But I think now, you know, if I were a kid now, my parents would have gotten me a chemistry set to say, hey, this is how they do fireworks. And I would have looked it up online. I would have watched videos and who knows where my life would have gone. But instead, there were other things along the way that excited me. And I go to fireworks as a hobby thing to do uh, when I have the opportunity. But why are you doing what you're doing? What was it about you know, your hobbies and maybe even your profession that was exciting to you? that you were like, okay, I can do this. I want to learn more about this, right? Were you thrust into it or was it something and then you discovered you loved it? Or was it something that you had this affinity for and, um, and you became good at it? I think play is a great way to discover all of those things. Stacy says, Shannon, since my daughter graduated ABA, trying to find kids from the clinic and at school to come over or Zoom with her is so difficult. I started a group on Facebook to see if there are any parents with children who are on the spectrum, but no luck. I love seeing socialize and have with other kids, and she's really hungry for friendships. How can we get her in groups with other kids on the spectrum? So Stacy, I'm going to ask you a question, and it's going to feel uh, incendiary, right? <laughs> like controversial, and let's talk about this. But here's my question for you is, why are you specifically looking for a group with kids on the spectrum? Um, there's no wrong answer, but I'm just wondering why. Um, because if she's graduated from ABA, my question would be, why not be looking, you know, there's nothing wrong with looking for a group with kids on the spectrum, but why not just be looking for friends for her? Some of them could be on the spectrum. Some of them don't have to be on the spectrum. Um, so that, Oh, and and she says, I guess because they gravitate to her. Well, that's a perfectly reasonable question. But I guess my question is, would you be open to her having friends, whether they're on the spectrum or not? Because I think the first order of business is let's get her friends. And I would want that group of friends to be as diverse as the world, right? Which means that some of them would be on the spectrum and some of them wouldn't be on the spectrum. I'm going to tell you as a parent of a kiddo that graduated from his ABA program that you are going to always be a little in the middle. And we've had other guests on the show who have talked about this. I've heard other people speak about this. It's, a, it's an interesting thing um, that there, we expected that there were going to be so many more kids that this was going to be the circumstance for that I didn't worry about it when he was in his ABA program or directly afterward, but because of some of the things that have happened, it's a small pool of children that graduate from their ABA program where the parents stuck it out that full amount of time. And they're a little bit on the in-between because sometimes they don't, I'm just being honest here, and people can write in with their feelings, but sometimes our experience of it, and I've heard many other people say this, that you go to the autism group and you don't quite fit in anymore because you'll find that your child is doing things that maybe the other parents can't relate to and the other kids can't relate to. But then your child will go to spend time with an entirely neurotypical group and you'll find that they don't entirely fit in there either because there's a lot of mean things that happen there and people lie and things that our kids 
aren't going to do because let's remember that ABA doesn't change who they are. It gives them the skill level to be able to do things that they want to do, but they're not going to become liars. They're not going to become people that are false. They're pure of heart and they're going to stay that way. So it's a little, you know, there's a little bit of negotiation that you're going to have to do um, to, to be able to find the right people for her. They're there. There's, there's lots of wonderful people that aren't on the spectrum who don't lie and who aren't about hurting other people. Um, but you're going to have to look for them a little bit, especially depending on what age, because there is a developmental age where kids get mean. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. Um, it's because they're trying to raise their status and they don't know how to do it otherwise, but it's, it's, it's not good. Um, the psychologists say that it's the only skill that in any species that does not serve them as they grow older, and yet they develop it as preteens and teens. So I'm going to tell you to be incredibly choosy. Now, Stacy, I don't remember where you live, so write in and tell me um, what's the closest major city. But and, and then we're going to get to our first guest because we don't want to get too behind here. But Stacy, write in and tell me where you are. Obviously, one of the places that I love and I talk about it all the time here is the Ed Asner Family Center because I find it to be a wonderful, welcoming place where there are many people there that have special needs kids, but there it is the full gamut. You know, there's people there on the autism spectrum. There's people there who have a physical difference. There's people there with Down syndrome. There are people, you know, it, it is, I think, much more representational of the world. Um, oh, right. So you're, you're in Illinois. Uh, so let me see if I can find you something. But I also um, want to encourage you there are programs at schools that uh, that are like Best Buddies, I think is the name of it, that that's an opportunity. And um, I can't think, there's the wonderful young woman in Washington, D.C. who started the group where it's siblings that get together. Um, and so it's a nice, nice mix of people that are on the spectrum and their siblings that aren't, and everybody treats everybody the same. Uh, let me find out what the name of that is. And if you want to, Stacy, write directly to me, Shannon at autism-live.com, and I can give you some more ideas. All right? Um, okay, but we got to welcome our first guest. Uh, joining us for the first time on the show is Leo Bird, and he is an artist and a comedian and a wonderful, I, I've heard that he's a wonderful, wonderful speaker. Um, and sometimes he writes stories that he gets up and, and speaks uh, and does so many different things. So let's welcome Leo, and then we're going to have him tell us a little bit more about himself. Leo, are you there? Wonderful. I don't, do we have a, a picture? Do we, are, are we, do we have video on him? Or are we only going to be hearing him, Trayvon? We'll, we'll wait and see what Trayvon says. But there's Leo. Leo, hello. And one of the things uh, about Leo is that you use some of your artwork uh, to help you as you speak with your audience. So, Leo, tell us about you and what you've got there on, on the easel.
Okay. Leo, I'm going to ask you to pause for a second because apparently I can hear you, but our audience can't hear you. Is that what you're telling me, Traven? Okay, so we're, Leo, we're just going to have you pause for a second while we work out your audio issues. Uh, I was able to hear him, but you guys couldn't hear him. So uh, give us just a second while we take care of that. I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to read some of Leo's many accomplishments while we wait to have Leo back. Um, so Leo uses his drawings on a drawing pad as a visual aid when he's talking and doing his stories. He won second place three times, three different times in a weekly stand-up comedy competition in 2019 with stories about what patience is, determining if a Facebook post was appropriate for Facebook, and playing with kids who are alone. That's a topic that we'd love to hear more about, right? Uh, he has performed on Shark Attack. He's uh, performed at the Last Call. He has also performed at the Funny Bones clash of the comics uh, in 2021, which I love. Leo, I didn't mention this before, but Leo's home state is Iowa. And I lived in Iowa for a period of time because that's where my parents were from and my mother retired there. And I actually did stand up in Iowa. So Leo and I bonded over that. He's performed on The Nice Guys. He's performed at Night for a Cause, and he has done a 10-minute opener for Jeff Krakenberger, who's a stand-up comedian. Um, In terms of his art, he has sold artwork uh, in many different places and at many different shows. He had a self-portrait accepted into the 2021 Iowa State Fair. Uh, And, oh my gosh, there's so many things here. Uh, He's had many drawings displayed at the Des Moines Public Library. Uh, and got into the Momentum's Art Leadership Council in May of 2022. And uh, he has had a, a drawing and story about rock climbing displayed at the Ankeny Art Center. This, this young man is so accomplished. He had a drawing that showed appropriate process of how to make new friends. Doesn't this sound interesting, Stacy? And a drawing comparing an R, uh, angry RA to Introversity, Central College's church group, Uh, exhibited in the 2022 Momentum uh, exhibit. And um, he is going to have a drawing in the college's cafeteria exhibited in the Heritage Gallery starting in uh, the other day, November 7th. And it will be there until December 30th. And he is about to have an exhibit at the Octagon Center of Arts in Ames, Iowa from May 22nd, 2023 to June 17th, 2023. So pretty impressive. Stacy says, wow, Leo, you have a long list of amazing accomplishments. You are a rock star. Absolutely. And Emmy said, that's so awesome. So do we have you now? Uh, Leo, say something and let's see if the audience can hear Hello? you. I can hear you. Can you guys hear him? I hope that they can hear you. Uh, do we think that they're hearing him now? Uh, we're going to continue, and you guys tell us if you still can't hear him. So, all right. So, Leo, I'm told that they can hear you. Wonderful. Thank you, Maya, for saying that. Much better. Okay, so, Leo, let's start again. Welcome to Autism Live. Hi. Hi, Shannon. Uh, I, Leo, tell I, us. I, I put the help thing in it. You what? You know, I want I just went to the help thing, and I want, oh. and I, and I, uh, oh, well, I, I got it figured out now. We can see you now, and we can hear you. So tell us again. You started to tell us before, but tell us what's on the easel right now. 
Yeah, well, uh, it would take too long to explain what this sort of means, but it just sort of shows the process of how friendships would form. And uh, what I do is that I sort of uh, point to this drawing pad with the laser pointer. So, like I would say, in order for you to have someone to say hi to, or for someone to say hi to you, you must first join an organization but need a reason why. So you it's, use your drawings to help you to convey your message when you're telling your stories. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, images uh, just do different things than what words alone cannot do. I love this. I don't know if you know Dr. Temple Grandin, but she feels the same way about speaking. She loves to have a PowerPoint that she uses in the way that you're using your drawings so that she can refer to it so that it helps her to make her message clear. And she says it keeps her on track and focus. I do the same thing. I like to have a PowerPoint when I'm telling a long talk. Uh, so I love your artwork. It's absolutely beautiful. So, Leo, tell us, how, how old are you, and you, I already mentioned that you live in Iowa. Well, I'm 31 years old. And are you, are you attending the college where your work is going to be displayed, or is it just a college that's going to display your work? Well, uh, actually, I don't think, so, that, think that there is a... What college are you? So it says what? here that you're going to have a drawing at, at, it says, My College's Cafeteria exhibited in Heritage Gallery from November 7th to, to, uh, to December 30th this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a drawing of my college's cafeteria. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. I, that, I see that now. I didn't read it right. Sorry. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, so you're not attending the college right now. Did you finish? Yeah, I finished college a really long time ago. Okay. What did you study in college? I, I studied actuarial science and physics. Uh, I stopped with the actuarial science because the exams became too difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't, like, you said that, and I went, oh, my gosh, that's too much for me. That hurts my head even saying actuarial science. Uh, so now, uh, is your primary thing that you're doing being a speaker and being a comedian and an artist? Correct, it is. Wonderful. Well, I love some of these credits, because I said to you the other day when we, uh, when we were talking back and forth with email I, I mentioned to you that I used to do stand-up in Iowa. So when I hear that you're at the Funny Bone, I know exactly where you're performing. Uh, that's a fun, fun place, the, the Funny Bone in Des Moines. I'm sure that it's entirely different people there now than when I was there. But that's a, that's a fun place to do stand-up. Do you love that? Yeah, except uh, it's, really, I, it's really more for people who do like stand-up for a living. Uh, I just do it for a hobby. But the Clash of the Comics is a place where oh, they let open mic performers perform uh, sometimes, although you have to uh, do some networking to get into it. And I think that uh, the Funny Bone has some connection to the open mic scene. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you get into all of this? How did you realize, okay, I want to be a speaker and I want to use my artwork to help me while I'm speaking? How did that come about? Well, I the the store standard came first because uh, I think I just uh, sort of write more to support a cause and not because I am a fan of any actor. Like when I got into an argument with my parents, I just uh, write something up, but they didn't really. They never really liked the story, but. One time uh, when I was interviewing for an internship where all the interns had disabilities, the recruiter said I could be somebody who educates people about autism, and I thought that I could uh, do that by telling a true story using the techniques I learned in a writing short stories class where I learned how to write like J.D. Salinger, Ernest Hemingway, and F. Scott Fitzgerald, and... I, that story became a lot more effective than what I was previously doing. And I spoke to a class called Students with Exceptionalities, which my career counselor directed me to, where a portion of the class was about autism, and the class really liked it. I can imagine. I, I would like it. Uh, well, this is incredible work that you're doing, Leo. Where can people go to follow you? And if they want to have somebody come and speak at their event, that they would be able to connect with you. Is there? Do you have a website or social media that you want them to go to to follow you? Well, uh, I, I I am on Facebook and I I am on LinkedIn and. Uh, I do have an email at leojbird at gmail.com, like the bird that flies, and, and the letter J. Love it. Uh, Stacy wants you to know, she says, wow, all of those hobbies, artist, speaker you're doing, Leo, is so encouraging. You're so brave. I can't wait to tell my daughter about you. Uh, absolutely. And in fact, Leo, I want to invite you. We have a new podcast here at uh, the Autism Network called Stories from the Spectrum. I don't know, do you, have you ever tried making a video? Um, well, I do record my performances and I have uh, been on podcasts before. Well, I would love it if, and we'll talk more about this off air, I would love it if you would record one of your stories for us for Stories from the Spectrum. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll make that happen. Um, cause I think that you have an amazing voice that more people should hear. Uh, and in fact, uh, what a mom reached out to us and told us about you because she was at an event and said that you spoke and that it was just absolutely amazing. And she was like, Shannon, you got to have him on the show. So uh, I'm thrilled to have you here and would love to have you tell a story for us and for the world. I also have to say, Leo, your last name is Bird, and we want to make sure, because I know people have questions about this. We have, we have a couple of other people that are on our show that are regulars, that their last name is Bird as well, but you are no relation to Kobe Bird or Rachel Bird, is my understanding. I've never even heard of those people. Well, you need to check out Kobe Bird because he is an actor 
who is uh, one of the stars of the show uh, Lock and Key on Netflix. And he shares the same last name as you, and he is an actor on the autism spectrum. So people are going to be asking you, oh, are you related to Kobe? But you'll want to know who he is. He's an amazing actor. I think you guys have a lot more in common than, than, than your last name. Uh, so, but Leah, what's the goal for you? What do you want to be able to do with this talent of yours for speaking and drawing pictures? Well, I, I, I mean, I've, I've got this, I've got the stories that I want to tell. It's just, it's just the big, the big challenge for me is that I just need to know how to put myself out there. Well, we want to help with that. We want, uh, so I'll be talking with you about how you can make a video for us and we'll put it on stories from the spectrum. Whatever it is, whatever story you want to tell in whatever way you want to tell it. Okay? Mm -hmm. Sound good? Uh, so one last thing, because then we have to go, we have another guest. Leo, what do you want people to know about you and what you do? Well, uh... I, I think that that knowing that somebody has how autism is going to affect somebody isn't as simple as reading some article that lists all the symptoms of autism and assuming that it affects them and uh, don't say anything like autism will make dating uh, hobbies work more difficult for you. I think that's just sort of a discouraging thing to say. And uh, just try to listen more and lecture less and don't discourage and, and don't baby me and treat me like an equal. Amen. Amen, Leo. Uh, so important. Do you feel like... Do you feel like that message is getting out there, or do you feel like people are still discriminating against you? Well, uh, I think that uh, I think that people who actually uh, listen to my myself speak at open mics, I think they take me seriously, but. And I, I actually feel like are more likely to listen to me on stage than when I'm in a conversation. I understand that, Leo. I actually, like, I know what you mean. It's funny because when you're the person with the mic, then you get to drive the conversation. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of odd and sad that people don't just listen to you. It's their loss. Can we say that? It's their loss because clearly you've got something amazing to say. I just want to say I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I think that the mom who referred uh, you to us was right, because I think that you're an amazing speaker, and I look forward to talking more with you about having you featured on Stories from the Spectrum. Yeah. Let's, let's be a part of getting what you have to say out there, okay? Deal? All right. <laughs> Leo, thank you so much for joining us today, and I, uh, I can't wait to talk with you further. Uh, and again, so you're on Facebook, Leo Bird, is what your name is on Facebook? Correct. Okay. All right. Well, uh, take a look and see. Thank you so much, Leo, for being with us. I'm going to say goodbye for now.
Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Leo. Uh, what an amazing young man. I'm moved. Uh, Cindy K says, I so love your courage. Absolutely. Uh, okay, but we also have a second guest today who is another person of great courage and a great speaker. Uh, Maya Sundermeyer, who's been with us before, she is the host of the show Hello World with Maya, which is all about raising autism and awareness together. Um, her most recent episode was two days ago titled The Mainstream Episode and is about special education versus mainstream level classes. Uh, she is currently a student looking to pursue her education in psychology and statistics uh, and she is employed at the Center for Leadership and Disability, which is housed in the School of Public Health at Georgia State University as a database and project assistant. Maya, welcome back to Autism Live. Are you there with us? Oh, Maya, we're waiting for you to join back because you were in the... Did you get the, the link that I sent you, Maya? She's not there. I thought she was there. I should have kept Leo until, uh, oh, she's saying she didn't get the link. I, I'm, I'm horrified, Maya, because I thought I sent it to you. Can you quickly send her the link, Traven? He's sending it. Maya, I apologize. I could have sworn I sent you the link last Friday. Um, okay, we're getting that link to Maya. It's not her fault. It's mine, and uh, we will... Fix that momentarily, and then as soon as you get that, Maya, all you have to do is click it, and then you'll be right there, and we'll patch you in. Um, but while we're waiting for Maya, I was saying before that we're starting the Festival of Toys on Monday, and the uh, toy guide will be available. And, oh, I, I hear her. I think she's there. Um, and so we hope that you guys will take a look at the many, many toys that we're featuring this year. This year, for me, the... The, the buzzword was connection. How can this toy help an individual to make connections with either skills or another person? And how can we as people allies uh, to our children and our adult children uh, utilize play and toys to, to make that connection? So uh, I thought I heard a bloop. Oh, do we have Maya? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I could have sworn that I sent you the link, and, and but clearly I, I didn't. Uh, I went back and looked at the email. I was looking for uh, the Zoom link, and then I remembered, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Sometimes you use a different platform. Yeah, we, so. we aren't using Zoom currently. It's, it's a little bit different, but uh, I'm glad that it all worked out. And look at you. It's so good to see you again. We haven't seen you for yeah. a couple of months. How are you doing? Really, really good. I, uh, I'm I'm not able to take classes right now, but I just re-enrolled as a post-bac student. I've decided to look at getting my uh, doctorate in developmental psychology. Love it. Uh, it was a subconscious effort for me. Uh, it's, I kept taking classes that were related to uh, developmental psychology, and I've always had a thing. I love it. Like you like to say the word kiddos. I've always had a thing for kiddos. You know? Okay. I thought I was, I, for a minute I was afraid because some people don't like that term and I keep saying I don't, like people get all offended sometimes if you say kids or if you say children and, and especially I've been on a tear lately about saying what do we call adults when they are our children um, because if you call them children then people go well they're not children but they're 
you know, my son is my child, but he's not well, a child anymore. I need a new word. Well, biologically, they are children. I mean, not children, excuse me, but biologically, they are adults, Shannon. Yes, but, but he's, uh, but, but he's my just, child. I, I need a... It's the neurodevelopment that's the problem. Well, I just need a new word in the vocabulary for what do you call the, the people who were, that you gave birth to, that you raised when they're adults. Um, well, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that word is. Anyway, I digress. Well, you, don't have, you don't have to figure that out. I mean, I don't think that's something you're in control of. You're, you're um, right. But I, need, well, I want a different word. If somebody knows a word, write and tell me. But tell us what's been going on in your show. I love this idea uh, that you did an episode about special education versus mainstream classes. And I'm curious as to what your take on that was. Well, what, it all started, I got the idea when I was writing in a, a ride chair. And is it, did you listen to the episode? No, I have not yet watched it. I'm going to admit that freely. I want to, but I have not yet listened to it. I'm bad. Well, I just got inspired because the the rideshare driver turned out to be a special education teacher. And I've got to be very careful about what I say. But basically, he said that basically his argument is that um, high-functioning autistics don't belong in mainstream-level classes. Ooh. And, you know, he called them, you know, he, you know, it's like, I was trying to advocate for uh, for people on the spectrum. I said that I said that we don't like to use the functioning label, and I tried to explain. And then the guy cut me off and said, "Yes, I understand that, but we need the high fu- the functioning or the high functioning system to get kids in the right special education classes." And then he said, "Well, we have a lot of level one autistics, but they don't belong in." Uh, special education classes. Um, it actually, he said, excuse me, he said they don't belong in mainstream level classes. And uh, I didn't tell him that I was in special education. I told him we, when I was getting out the door, I said, because I was getting ready to catch a train, I mean, I, I said, well, just so you know, I took mainstream level college courses. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and I 100% disagree with you. And I walked out the door. I, I was, I was mad. Of course. So, I mean, I'm mad too. And I'm mad for you that he was talking to you in that way. And, yeah. and I got to say, when you started, when you said, well, your rideshare driver was a special education teacher. And I, my first thing was like, oh, why is he driving a, a rideshare? Why is he not in a classroom? We have a, a deficit. We don't have enough. Spe- but now I'm thrilled that he's driving a car instead of being in a classroom because he doesn't belong in a classroom. Thank you. Well, no, he said he worked. He said he works with the more severe to profound level of, or level what they call level three autistics. He does classes online. So, with, but no, oh, dear. I'm yeah, I don't really want. There. I don't really want to glorify him necessarily yes, yes, because no. we have special education teachers that tune into here. And as I said in my show, if you are a special education teacher, we can agree to disagree because they, because there are lots of trainings out there for mainstream level teachers that are teaching people about inclusion and acceptance. And I don't think we should fully do away with special education. I think special education should be there uh, as an, uh, to provide uh, proper accommodations. Yeah. Uh, like, like no takers, para paraprofessionals. Yeah. That, isn't that what the IP is for? Exactly. I, again, I just want to say, I'm glad he's driving a car and not in a classroom. 
Um, but I, I don't understand, I've never understood when people come from a place of exclusion, where, where people go, well, we're going to have this group of people over here and we're going to have that people over there and you better fit into one of those groups definitively because if you don't, there's nothing in the Santa bag for you. That makes, because that's not a problem with the individuals. That's a problem with the person who's segmenting. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I think special education is important. It's just the attitude that some of these people bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, hopefully they're all going to be moved to rideshare drivers. Uh, <laughs> because I, I love your point. There are amazing special education teachers out there. There are amazing special education programs that actually do the job of supporting an individual so that they can gain access to what is being taught. That, for me, is the purpose of special education. We always show that cartoon where it, it shows the three kids trying to look at and watch the baseball game, but one of them is tall and can see over the fence. One of them is just tall enough that they can see a little bit of it, and one of them is too short that he can't see what's happening at all. And then... Oh, yeah, the equity one. Right, and yeah, then... That's the cartoon. What's that? That's the, that's the symbol for equity. I yeah. love that cartoon. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, because uh, for me, that, that, when I saw that, I was like, well, that's really what we need everything to be, is that for the kid who doesn't need a box to stand on to see, he doesn't get one. But for the kiddo who needs a box to see everything, of course, and for the kiddo who needs a taller box, let's give them the taller box. Everybody deserves to see what's happening in the field. And why do we have to get into a, a big tussle about that? It just, I, to me, that's just humane and life. And if you're an educator, you should be in that category. But what... I don't want to spend too much more time on him because he sounds like a putz, but what was his rationale for why people who are, as he said, high-functioning, why they shouldn't be mainstreamed? I didn't really get a chance to speak with him. To be honest with you, I could not wait to get out of that car. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you at all. Yeah, well, that was, yeah it was an awkward situation. Not only that, uh, I ended up sharing the ride with somebody else who rides the bus with me. Uh, and she, you know, for whatever reason, I rubbed this woman the wrong way. And, um, you know, she doesn't like me for whatever reason. And, you know, I've tried talking to her, but she'll talk to everyone else. But she'll just, for whatever reason, stick her nose up at me and just kind of. Well, we don't like her either. If she doesn't like you, we don't like her. And I'm just going to say that because um, what's not to like about you? You're fabulous. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like her now. I don't know okay. her, but I've decided I don't like her. Uh, I don't really want to talk about that no, stuff. No. What but, would you uh, like to talk about, though? Because you asked to come on because you said you've got new stuff to talk about. What would you like to talk about? So recently, I was on a another podcast series called uh, The Unstoppable Mindset with Michael Hinkson. And Michael is not on the spectrum. Michael is a self-advocate who's legally and totally blind. And he is an amazing person. I should mention that this is somebody that survived uh, 9-11 terrorist attacks. He was in Tower One. Mm. And he has a book out called Thunderdog. Well, recently he started a podcast series and he talks to different people. And I had the opportunity to be on his show. Uh, I heard about it through a colleague of mine uh, who was a part of our EDI team, which which was equity and diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And 
So anyway, I took the opportunity being that I'm on the podcast tour. And so he wanted to know a little bit more about autism. And his name is Michael Hinkson. And he has a book out called Thunderdog. So please be sure to check that out. I mean, I don't have the name of the website, unfortunately. But I can tell you guys to go to the Unstoppable Mindset and look up my episode. I mean, he, or my the interview I did with him. And you can find him on Apple Podcasts. Wonderful. And um, I I love that. And I love that you have been on this podcast tour because you have a message uh, that you want to get out too, um, which you're you're covering in your podcast, but you're going on other podcasts to talk about it. So talk a little bit about Hello World and why people should be tuning in. So... The objective of the podcast is to raise autism awareness and acceptance together. Sometimes I talk about social justice type issues, like after what happened to George Floyd, I talked about what uh, what people did in uh, did back in the '60s during the civil rights movement. But what I do is I raise autism awareness and acceptance together because I believe we cannot have one without the other, and so. I don't use I don't use the blue puzzle piece and I don't use the infinity symbol. What I do instead is I'm I just I've decided to simply go with the purple heart um, because you have red and blue they make purple. Purple is my favorite color, and then I have a pur- and then I have the little heart there. But what I'd like to do is encourage people to go on TV show. I mean, not going to be involved in their local Autism Speaks chapter as salt advocates, Mm. because I think it's really important. I mean, we don't have to agree with everything that Autism Speaks does. But the reason why I think we should be involved with Autism Speaks is because uh, there's a nothing about us without a strategy. Yes. And and there are others that are uh, that identify as being self advocates who um, have, there are many organizations that they've decided that they want to boycott. And one of them sometimes, not always, is Autism Speaks. So it's very interesting for you to say quite the opposite, get involved. If it's nothing about us, then, you know, be involved in that organization. And I, I assume you're wanting to make some changes by being on the inside. Is that correct? Well, I can't make the changes by myself, right. but I think it's really important as self-advocates that we be, uh, we be at the table having conversations with these professionals. And as acceptance and awareness uh, continue to change our laws here in this country and perhaps around the world, we're going to have people on the spectrum like myself. Like one day, I'm going to have a doctorate in psychology, developmental, and I'm going to be a part of those conversations. As and, you should be. Yeah. yeah. And as, uh, you know, there's, there's a children's book out there. Temple did it, I can too. Mm. And so I'm quoting that. If Temple Grandin did it, I can too. But, so anyway, the reason why I think it's important is because we have people living on the spectrum who, <laughs> who are just as intelligent and people on the spectrum that um, – have some strategies and have perhaps studied things like ABA. I mean, there are people on the spectrum who are interested in ABA. There are people on the spectrum who are very involved with Autism Speaks and the Autism Society of America. Yeah. 
and they probably share the same perspective that I do. And then I work at a university. I work at the Center for Leadership and Disability, and we've done some collaborative projects with Autism Speaks. And when you're a professional, you're expected to learn how, how do I reframe that? When, when you're on the spectrum, or sorry, when you work at an organization like the Center for Leadership and Disability, you're expected to connect yeah. with every organization and hear what they have to say, even if you don't always agree with everything that they do. Well, amen to all of that. And, and that's some of what you're doing on your podcast. You brought up Dr. Grandin, and you've interviewed her on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I I've think met that, her several times. Yes. Uh, I'm sure that she's thrilled with the work that you're doing because you're doing all the things that, you know, she always talks about that, you know, don't just sit and, and be, you know, in your own little thing, get out there and, and do your thing. So I'm sure she's yeah. thrilled with what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, well, I've got to tell you, you know, I'm not addicted to video games, but I got addicted to binge watching during the pandemic. I, I was addicted to television until I was about 21. My aunt pulled me away from that. And then I got into that again when the pandemic hit. And I, I got into a rut of wa- wanting to watch only one show. And it was either Young Sheldon or The Big Bang Theory. Well, well, the last couple of months, I've been kind of waking up and saying, hey, what am I doing? I know better than this. I was involved in the community before. So I canceled my subscriptions on HBO Max and... Uh, what was what's that peacock yeah i decided to switch over to uh, what was it pluto tv because that's free yeah but because you know i'm just addicted to tv and it's not like i haven't uh, seen the big bang theory before i've seen those episodes a million zillion times yeah and you can watch them for free on on your antenna but i'm actually trying to wean my way myself away from that now and I'm going to LinkedIn Learning, and I'm trying to stretch myself. Being I want to, I want to be a researcher. I'm t- trying to teach myself how to use statistics in Excel, and then also someone someone else suggested who works at the university. I mean, he's a research professor. He suggested that I consider um, learning how to use SPSS because that's what they use in psychology. I don't know what that is. What is SPSS? Oh, SPSS. It's a it's a statistical software that uh, calculates the statistical formula for you. For example, if you if you're looking for the mean, like the mean or the average, the yeah. mode and the median, yeah. uh, statistical numbers, then okay, all of that's over my head. Anything more than addition is like stretching it for me, but that's okay. I accept that that that's who I am. I don't have a head for numbers. Uh, but I love that, you know, other people do, um, which is just part of the human experience. Some people are good at some things and others, you know, uh, mm-hmm. are not. But I love that you have a head for that and that you're a brighter mind who can do that kind of work because it's important. But I just want to say that I applaud your courage. I applaud the mission that you are on. There's always time for you here on this show. And I extend the same invitation that I extended to Leo. We'd love to have you do a, vi- a video for Stories from the Spectrum. Me too. Okay, let's do it. I will. How do we do that? Well, it's fairly easy. I'm going to send an email to invite you to do that. I will tell you that um, there is a little bit of pay for it, which is great. 
Um, but, and then, and so I'll give you sort of the parameters. The parameters are easy. And, and I'm going to say this to the audience because we've been asking people uh, um, for six months now, and we would put out more episodes of Stories from the Spectrum, but we, we don't have the content. And that's simply because people haven't been sending to it. So what Stories from the Spectrum is, is is a new podcast and everything that's in it, it's all directly from people who identify as being neurodiverse. So myself and Dr. Graham Pichet are just the executive producers from it. So that's, you know, we're just making it so that there is a platform on, on which people like, you know, you and like Leo Bird can have a place to say what they want to say. The parameters. And Temple. Well, and Temple. Temple's pretty busy. I don't, I don't think that she's got time. But she's always welcome. But if, if you guys have, who are watching, who have, you yourself are on the spectrum and you're like, I have a story to tell. Um, we, so what it is is that you're asked to create a video that's between three and seven minutes long. And you create that video. If you need help and support, like maybe you need help with editing or whatever, then you talk to us about that. And we try to identify. We, I, I have two filmmakers now who can help to edit that are themselves neurodiverse. Um, and the, it's, it's based on how much time they have, right? Um, but there is a grant so that there's a little bit of money that you get paid. Basically what it is, you retain the ownership of the video because um, we never want to claim ownership of the video, but we will be giving you a small honorarium which allows us to use the video exclusively on our site for six months so you can link to it and show it to people but it lives on our site for six months and after six months it continues to live on our our site but you can post it other places as well because we don't want to tie up your work good i could post it on the website yeah one of the things i want to talk about is i'm trying what i'm doing is i want to have you on the show but i'm trying I am going to do, I'm going to do a, a a fundraiser through GoFundMe so I can uh, so I can upgrade the show and I can ha- pay for a subscription that automatically uh, promotes my show through commercials. Very good. And what I want to do is I'd like to have a live show and have uh, past guests on the show. Just you know, call in. Like I'd love to have you and Temple. I'd like to have some Absolutely. of my other guests on, like Haley, like Haley Moss. Yeah. To come for it, maybe not not donate, but to just we get, we just sit and talk. I mean, not like a twenty four hour telethon because that's crazy. Uh, it's but, funny that you should say that because that's exactly what we're talking about doing here is a twenty four hour telethon. Because I am a little crazy. Um, now I'd be happy to be on your telethon. Well, uh, listen, if I end up doing it, we'll do it in January. And if I end up doing it, we would love for you to come and be on it because I we're talking about just having me stay on the air for twenty four or more hours, how, however long I can do it. And having guests like yourself on and just doing a marathon. It's like now something I've that, always wanted to do. Yeah. Now I see that you're back in your studio. I mean, the last couple of times we've spoken, you, you know, you were speaking in your office at home. Yes, absolutely. We are but back. I'm glad the- to see you're back. And I was looking at your bobblehead. Is that supposed to be, is that you or is it's that me. Ellen? No, it, oh, looks like, it looks like Ellen though, doesn't it? Because she's all skinny like Ellen. But no, it's it's supposed to be me. Even the earrings are very similar today. That's really funny. I like that. It's hilarious. So uh, previous people who worked on the show had that made for me. But I'd like to be skinny like her, but I am not. She's even wearing a shirt that says Autism Live. And she's wearing sandals. I would never wear sandals. I've got to get rid of some belly fat myself. But, uh, 
Yeah. I, I have a lot to get rid of, but I'm working on it. I'm better. In the pandemic, I lost 60 pounds. Uh, I'm trying really hard not to find it. I gained fall. Well, in the pandemic, I got my bachelor's degree. That's pretty impressive. That's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Thank we'll you much. That. I mean, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, uh, I thought about that recently. Like, I try to tell people that I went to college, and that's all I ever get is people from that's amazing. I'd like to hear them ask what I want what my future goal is. Well, I'm asking right now, what is the future goal? Oh, my future goal is I want to, I want to go to school and uh, yeah, I want to go to school and do something with uh, developmental psychology and autism research. And for whatever reason, I'm one of the few people on the spectrum that's interested in ABA, but I'm also interested in in cognitive psychology as well. So I think you could combine uh, uh, developmental and cognitive psychology. So part of me, there's a part of me, I mean, I'm not diehard. I mean, I'm interested in other types of science. Like you were talking about science earlier. I'm interested in geological sciences. Wow. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested in, uh, I like, you know, like seismology and volcanism. I mean, those are kind of my hobbies. I also like astronomy, but I think I like geological sciences better than astronomy. Like earthquake, earthquakes and volcanoes have always been fascinating to me. And then, and then geological, like geothermal pools, you know, wow. like Yellowstone. Yeah, I, I just do that as a hobby. So that those are amazing hobbies. Uh, I I am not interested in earthquakes in my hobby. I have to. I'm afraid of earthquakes because I live in Los Angeles. I understand. Um, so I'm like never wanting to know about earthquakes because when we know about earthquakes is when we've had one. And, and they're always telling us that might have been a, a pre-shock to the big one and they terrify us and torture I us for days. I keep hearing about that big one. Yeah. That, yeah. Now, that one, now that scares me. The, yeah. Now the one I'm not interested in, I am not interested in that caldero going off at Yellowstone. Oh, are they saying that might happen? The super volcano. I mean, they keep talking. I mean, they keep saying that super volcano, they don't say when, but they keep saying it could go off at any day. Oh, Out of funny. all the volcanoes, I mean, I'm more interested in Mount St. Helens. I'm more interested in, uh, in Mauna Kilauea because, number one, I've been to Hawaii, and I've always wanted to see what lava looks like. Yeah. Don't get too close, but I've always wanted to see lava jumping around like a fountain out of a crater. Wow. All right. We have, we have some interests that are the same, but a lot that are different, and that's good. That's how the world works. Uh, well, we're out of time. We've actually gone over, but you're so delightful, I, I, I want to say. But we need to go. Um, get to but sandwich. let's definitely, you and I have a conversation about um, having you do some stuff for us for Stories from the Spectrum. And, um, you know, let's continue the conversation. And I am happy to come on your show whenever you have time. I always want to poo-poo it because I'm like, I don't, I don't really, look, the truth for me at this point in the game is that if I have the opportunity to listen to a parent talk or someone who is authentically having an experience on the spectrum, I'm always going to choose the person on the spectrum. And yeah. I feel that other people feel that too, but if you feel like there's any need for me to come on, I'm happy to come on. Um, always. Always. Um, I would love to have you on. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not here. busy now. I mean, I just need to figure out a time when we can meet. Exactly. Um, I'm also look. I'm also trying to get Michael Hinkson on the show because he's fabulous. Yeah, he I mean, sounds, as I, said, I wrote down his book. <laughs> yeah, as I said, he's a 9-11 survivor. And, I mean, if I were in that situation and I was in one of those towers, I would have found a way to run out the, 
run down those stairs and get out of there. You know, yeah. For me, it would have been fight or flight. Oh, my gosh, yes. Although there were a lot of people who were on the stairs on the way out. That's the thing that... Uh, in our previous studio, our studio was on said. the 18th floor, and we would regularly... 18 floors. 18 floors, not 118. And we would regularly have fire drills where we would all have to walk down the stairs, and when everybody in the building is leaving, it would take an hour for 18 floors to get out. And I would always think about 9-11, about if it took that long for 18 floors, how long for 118? He said it took, Mike said it took them an hour to get out because there was basically a traffic jam in the stairs. Yeah, exactly. I can picture it because we would see it at least twice a year. We would have those drills and we would all be going, okay, this is what it was like. Although we were doing it in completely clear air where everything was visible. Imagine doing that with smoke hmm. filling the air. It had to have been horrifying. I was, yeah, I was 19 years old. I mean, about to turn 20 when the to- you know, when the incident happened. And, you know, like anybody else. Yeah. Was- you know, you uh, the first thing I, I heard of, I mean, it's like, and you'll hear this in the interview, but the first thing I, I heard of is I heard that there was a, been a possible terrorist attack at the Pentagon. Yeah. And then I, you know, uh, maybe 15 minutes later, I was, um, I, you know, I, I, went, I was at a hospital visiting mm-hmm. a friend. I mean, she was, she had a baby out of wedlock at 17. Wow. And we went to, and I went to, let's see here. Um, I went, I went to the waiting room outside of the ER and I saw the smoke on the TV and someone said that there's a plane that slammed into the World Trade Centers. And the first thing I thought of was accident because I'd read about another pilot at one time that had crashed into the Empire State Building. And so I thought accident. And then I saw that both of them were on fire and then I heard the stories and they, you know, all over the news, they said how many flight attendants were on both those planes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean... I mean, for me, it, I had a very hard time realizing that there were people inside those towers. Yeah. I thought that everybody had left. I thought everybody got out of there safely, yeah. and they didn't. They and did. then what, what shook me is a few days later, there were people on the news. They were holding up signs and telling the news, this is my loved one. Have you seen them? Yeah. Have they seen them? This person's missing. Yeah. And so, yeah, there were people. Yeah, there were people that died in those towers. Yes. So, yes, and bodies that were never recovered. It's un, it's unthinkable to imagine even now, all these years later. Yeah. Um, but we hope and pray that nothing like that ever happens again. Good heavens. Yeah. We are so out of time now, but <coughs> we just have so enjoyed this uh, being here with you. I appreciate you so much for being here. Where do people go to watch your podcast to listen? Oh, just go to helloworldwithmaya.podbean.com. That's helloworldwithmaya.podbean.com. Wonderful. You so can you- also listen in on, you can also listen in, you can also listen in with uh, Michael Hinkson's podcast. And yeah. his show is called, he, you know, and his show is called The Unstoppable Mindset. He's amazing. I mean, there is a, there was also a recording of, his experiences living through 9-11. And when I listen to it, when I listen to his, his experiences of the towers collapsing, I wanted to, you know, everything else, I just wanted to cry. So be sure to check him out. He is fabulous and just the work he's done. I need to pick up Thund- Thunderdog, but I also really need to start uh, talking to the people at Future Horizons because I want to write a book about uh, 
living 40 years as a woman on the spectrum. I'm 41 now. Amazing. No one would ever know that, first of all, but be proud of that. But absolutely reach out to them and drop my name. Tell them that yeah. you've been on my show and that I'm a big fan of yours. Okay? Yeah. I always, I always do. Whenever I, whenever I talk, I give you a shout out every time I do a podcast. I'm on, listen, I'm on a podcast tour and Shannon's going to be back on my show. So. Well, that's what, but I mean when you talk to Future Horizons, because that's who my book is with. Oh, sure. Yes, I will. I will contact them right now. And in fact, I need to get back into blogging about their events again. The thing is, every time I want to check, it's Temple's doing everything virtual these days. Well, I want to see her she's in back and doing some things in person now. Um, yeah, slowly. So, yeah. I, yeah, I miss, I, I miss seeing Temple, but me too. I can call her anytime I want. So. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, she's so she's so nice. So. Oh, she's the best. I I don't know about you, but I was thinking about her last night and this morning because you know she was watching that launch in last night. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like. I like. I love. I love doing the. I'm with. I agree. One of the things we have in common. I mean, I'm not dying the heart obsessed with NASA, but I like doing the countdown too. Yeah. I I was busy working on the toy guide, so I missed it. But uh, I watched this morning. And I was like, oh, I know Temple loved that. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. If, at one point, she was trying to go to a launch, and they had canceled it and pushed it back. I hope that at some point she's gotten to see an actual launch. That's on my bucket list. To, to Is actually, this the launch that was supposed to go to the moon? I, I don't know. I, I have to admit that I'm a little out of the loop. But I don't know whether today's is the one that it was actually going to the moon or it's the precursor to going to the moon again. I, I, I kind of missed yeah. that in the report this morning. Now, I did the launch in, I watched the launch in June 2020, you know, when they sent, they, they launched the Dragon, I watched them scrub the launch, yeah. and then that following Saturday, I was sitting by the pool, was sitting out by the pool, because yes, they opened the pool in the pandemic in my complex. Oh, good. And so, that, that was what, that was my highlight during the pandemic, was watching. Was, that was one of my favorites, you know, it's like, you can still have a life, um, yes. even when, when there are things that are down. But I want to go to the launch, not just watch it on TV. I want to be physically I've been there. At one, I've been at two of them. Uh, I haven't really? seen them. I never saw them launch the shuttles, but I saw them launch a couple of Saturn Vibes. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. That just sent goosebumps yeah. all over me. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. They, they launched them at Kennedy Space Center. I mean, KSC is awesome. I've been there, yeah. too. I've been there, but I, but I want to see a launch. But anyway, we got to go. Yeah. I so enjoy you. I'm so glad you're here. We'll be in touch. I, I'm not as good at that, but here. Live here long go. and prosper. Ask, you got it. Absolutely. You got it. It takes me a while. I got to think it through. It doesn't okay, just do yeah. it. But anyway. I will tell them that we've, I've been on your, I'll tell Future Horizons I've been on your show, but absolutely. I have uh, connections over there with Teresa I love Ford. them. They were fabulous. So you'd be in good hands there. Uh, they're really wonderful people. But anyway, we got to go. But uh, I want to say thank you to you. Thank you to our guest, Leo Bird. We're back tomorrow with Let's Talk Movies with Moira and Shannon. We're going to go over our uh, the five movies that we've watched in the last month, but we're also going to tell our favorite Christmas movies. You won't want to miss that. So be with us tomorrow. And then Stories from the Spectrum on Friday. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.